but you sometimes know, he forgets to start. We, oh. had, we had a whole podcast had, that did not get recorded. Well, you were paying oh, attention that's to that. Yeah, we, 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 yeah. Well, it's so tragic. There's well, really no great thoughts here. It's hard when you've done 52, is it? What what is it? What difference does it make if one didn't record? Yeah, or, or two or three. <laughs> yeah. Who would exactly. um, so who? This is the tree falling in the in the forest business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if, if a podcast doesn't record, will anybody care? In our in our case, no. So Mark, can you introduce? So now our, you're picking up on the podcast. This is the podcast. This is completely this is meaningless. We, you've completely wasted an hour. This yeah, is, <laughs> yeah. This feels like. Are we done already? Yes. That was our objective. <laughs> that was okay. Hey, so Mark, we're, you want to introduce our guest? Uh, Not really. I, I think she will introduce herself more ably, but she is my my friend Elaine, and she is on the exalted senior executive board of the oh, MIT no. Enterprise Forum. Not and in fact, was we know anybody exalted. else that's on that board? Is, uh, nobody there? else could. Oh, but there, there is. Wait a minute. Somebody else on the MIT board here? I thought there was. It's not yeah. me. It's not you. Not me. It's not Lane we've already introduced. Oh, Who might wait, that be, Mark? Well, she actually brought me in. Well, oh. she was my final stop. You were my... Well, I was the one to close the sale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though yeah, I said I was, yes I was months closer. earlier. She meant to close the door before you yeah. got in. <laughs> this is her first failure. <laughs> she podcast. failed because oh for you on the board yeah no this is her second failure the first was getting you on the board well they're part and parcel so we've solved our, we've solved so we our, have elaine chen yep she will explain what her day job is okay but before we get to that who's this guy next to me who's wheezing wheezing are you wheezing <laughs> he's not wheezing he's not wheezing uh, it's my microphone is wheezing. oh this is okay yeah, uh, no i'm uh mick williamson i'm the founder of boston harbor angels a local angel group you say that every time you yeah. do this podcast. How, how, how old is this group? It's 15 years old. And how much money have you guys invested all in? That's a very, very personal question that I'm not going to talk Ooh. to you. I, I, I don't mean you <laughs> but, personally, <laughs> but, but we've, roughly. We've invested, uh, it, we've been in 150 companies. Wow. It could be s- single digit you know, amounts of money, or it could be uh, seven figure amounts of money. So the, in cumulative, it's really hard to say, and nobody really keeps track. If you We've had to over-exaggerate, would you say $3 billion? <laughs> that would, I would say under $3 billion. Really? Two? Yeah. Two? Yeah. Two billion. It, but, but you had some notable exits as well. I've never asked oh, these questions. Oh, had, yeah. I'm not penalized. This I just don't even know the answer. This isn't my podcast. But well, I have to now? mention we had Carbonite, yeah. which is a public exit. We had Smart Cells, which was out of MIT. It was Ooh. a $50,000 game winner at one point in time. And we funded them in Merck, bought oh, them for five hundred million. Yep. Wow! But we only got one hundred and fifty million, so they didn't hit the milestones. And then we had Corbis, <laughs> which is still publicly traded, right, on the near on the Nasdaq. And then we have Eris, which is yet to be really broadcast, although there has been some announcements about it. But it's huge. Wow! Um, and then we just had Siamab, um, yeah. which is a graduate from the Sloan School, uh, uh, Jeff Barons. Yeah, and so you know I'm sure you know Jeff. I am sure I do. Yeah. On okay. the other end of the spectrum, there have been others. That We've had some failures. A few, right. more than a few. Just to keep us, you know, humble. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, you are very humble. Yeah. And who's <laughs> next to you, Mick? <laughs> oh, I am Dave Pausner, a local patent attorney, IP lawyer here in Boston. And Mark 
and I did a podcast before, and Elaine was on it. You did you did a podcast Our with us. We didn't series. call it a podcast. We had Are a you recording. sure I did well, that? Well, we did. did a back, program. We did a program for us, and we called it a podcast. She's denied it. It was on yeah. Enterprise, oh, I, Enterprise I denied Forum. It. Enterprise <laughs> Forum. Uh, it was in, uh, um, in... Software SIG, Software Special Interest Group. Oh, my God. That's like one million years yes. ago? Uh, yeah, that that's scary. Mark and I are and, just and, a little older than a million years. And we recorded it. Yeah. Okay. So, this we is actually your second <laughs> podcast with us, so now you don't have to be nervous. Okay, yeah. now I don't have yeah, to be you, nervous. Yeah, you were on that. I think we got a lot of feedback on your podcast. Yeah. Not but really. um, yeah, who knows? I, f- I forgot what the topic it, was. Uh, what was the topic? I, I, but I think we put it under I Tech Entrepreneur. I don't even remember doing it. Yeah, it was the Tech Entrepreneur. Yeah, it was at um, uh, Stata, at the same place where the Tech Titans of China was, that same room. Oh, yeah, the big room. Uh, we are yeah, going to pull room. the plug on that one, by the way. I'm going to, not not on the lanes. I'm going to pull the plug unless you have any reason to keep it Oh, I want to keep the, the Tech Entrepreneur one. Really? Okay, we have to fund it. So. All right, we'll okay. talk about that. So who are you? I'm Mark Thurman. Do you have any reason for being? God, we've been looking for <laughs> decades for that. Well, so I, no I, I'm standing up the IoT he practice. He's firing up his Power. Tesla. That's what he has. Yeah. Oh, that's true. My, yeah. my Tesla's downstairs. Ah. I love it. I'll make sure to scratch um, it. And I'm again, I'm really pleased that Elaine agreed to do it. Why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do? All that stuff. I feel like we've already met. I feel like we've already met. So I'm Elaine. Um, I'm a nerd. Um, I don't know if it's like congenital, but I think it might have been. Um, congenital nerd. Congenitally nerdy. Um, so I've been really at MIT twice. The first time was when I came off the boat from Hong Kong to MIT to be a mechanical engineering student. When was that? Before most people were born. Oh, uh, not in this room. Not in this room, <laughs> but most people weren't born when I graduated either with my degrees. Second Roughly time, when? Not telling you. Well, well okay. I was here in 81. Uh, well, after you. Okay. So, yeah. See, so. feel better. Feel better, a <laughs> little bit better. Um, but you, you were fi- you were physics, right? I was physics, and that didn't make me any smarter. I was course too, and I was oh, absolutely I no star- uh, smarter, but much more nerdy even than when I started. Really. And I then I came back okay. um, about <coughs> eight or nine years ago. Uh, so the well, what happened was that uh, I've known Bill Olet since forever from Sensible Technologies, and he was the president of my third startup. And I was the VPE. This is Bill. 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 Bill Lett. Oh yeah. I don't know him. You may not. I I just ordered his book for the Smart Start class, and I'm really have my kid taking. Right. So, um, 2011, I was kind of. Trick question. Do you remember the Joint Computing Facility, the JCF? No. Ooh. Okay. Should I? No, that's another question on how long you've been around the at MIT. So, okay. (laughs) No, you shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, but did it have a BBN butterfly in it? Uh, what are you guys talking about? JCF? Uh, no. Yeah. That was here when I was here. <coughs> All right. Keep going. So then uh, 2011, I went to lunch with Bill and I said, well, what can I do to get more plugged into the ecosystem? And he said, Ooh. why don't you come back to see students who are starting startups? And so I'm a, like a, a, you know, startup veteran, right? So I ran engineering and product for six startups and small companies between then and then. So I came back and started. She's good about dodging the dates. I've noticed. Dodging. Dodging. Very yeah. dodging. Yeah. Well, it's, you know. Okay. So um, then I started seeing student teams, and then one thing led to another, and I started teaching, and then one thing led to another, and I ended up becoming um, senior lecturer and entrepreneur in residence at MIT. Oh, that's while cool. running my consulting business on the side. So that's kind of side. So Puzzle. what were you doing in 2000 and when did we record that podcast? 2013 when we did ago? our other podcast. 2013? No, 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 like um, six years ago. Which month? 
I don't know. It's we would a pod, You did the. We keep calling it a podcast. And point of fact, right. it was a program at the MIT Enterprise Forum. Was it cold or was it hot? Was it cold or was it hot? Uh, <laughs> don't remember. I think it would, it would have, I, I would have said like March timeframe. Well, March timeframe, I was uh, running uh, product development for Rethink Robotics. Oh, had that might have been it. Yeah, be, I think that's the right one. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we had you talking about robotics. That's right. I think that is the right one. Right. Mick, you going to hit us with time and weather? Uh, no, but I was starting to snore. <laughs> <laughs> You're not nerdy let's enough. Get to the, let's the get to the the nitty gritty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. What What are you consulting on, and why would I hire you to consult something? Oh, that's a great question. You should probably never cons- uh, hire me to consult. <laughs> oh, she's perfect for this podcast. Yeah, this, I'm this sorry <laughs> that answer's been taken by this group. Yeah. <laughs> so I started this consulting business 15 years ago, and I tend to play with it. So where it started is not where I am, and where I am is probably not where I'm going to stop. That's a great answer. Right now. Well, are we going to talk about failure then? Has it failed as well, a consulting finish, business? Well, of the course. Oh, You're right. an expert in failing. <coughs> Mick is getting very aggressive I like here. it. I it's, love it. It's almost right. panelizing. So. Uh, Right now, my area of obsession, other than robotics, which will be a perennial obsession, is corporate entrepreneurship, which seems like an oxymoron. Mm. You know, you think about a suit and then you think about a startup person in a hoodie. They don't really seem to match. Um, What do we really mean by corporate entrepreneurship is um, when you have a large organization who needs to do something drastically different that you can't buy. Right, so you can't acquire that. And how do you actually really foster that uh, new venture creation that could potentially turn into a big <coughs> growth business? So that's my area of obsession. I did not right follow now. that at all. Didn't you follow? I that? did. Uh, w- translate so or try you again. You want to make Simple. a new, like like an internal startup in a big company. Oh. Ninety nine percent of the time oh, it can't be done. It's like corporate venture capital. It's not. But well, no, that's no, no, one I mean by analogy, by analogy. Uh, one of many of ways yeah. to lo- uh, buy or kind of buy optionality yeah. into a new business, but yeah. then you also can try to make it organically. Not easy, but people have done This it. is like corporate innovation programs where you teach the otherwise um, staid corporate, not staid, what would be st- stale corporations to innovate. You're trying to teach them to do more than one thing, which I is more than innovate. prefer optimized, right? Optimized. So you can say stale, but the reality is that your organization, 99% of it, is devoted to the here and now, is repeatable, is predictable, and they're really good at what they're doing today, yeah. right? Yep. When you come out of left field with something completely unrelated, that's difficult, right? Yep. So, so that, how do you foster you that? You've got to get ready for a disruption. When that oh, so how, what's the answer? Move the mic a little closer to your mouth so I have to do less work, yes, when I, when I add well, it. Well, there's not edit. one answer. It all kind of depends on where is the organization at. Ooh. Okay. And what it needs. So I, you, you know what's really funny is um, a lot of companies just jump straight to end accelerator, right? Okay, we need to do something disruptive, right? Disruptive can't be done on in the core. So let's do an accelerator, but without an, uh, a strategy. An internal accelerator. Internal accelerator. Sometimes external. Sometimes yeah. they hire tech yeah. stars and do like a bespoke. Oh, really? Um, and there's a lot I of I love that, that word. A yeah. lot of... Uh, Techstars um, accelerators that's oh, really? attached to corporations. Who would have known? Yep. But that this has been a lot. This has oh. been a long thing that Sloan oh. has been good at because I know Ken Morse once brought me in for a series of things, whatever it was, seventeen years ago, eighteen years ago, to come and talk about how I built a startup. Yeah. And then you know you'd have the the, the groups where the mid career folks would come in. You know, a big yeah. company would send eighteen people in a cohort and. 
you know. Did you pay your lawyer's bills back then, by the way? I'm still trying to figure that out. I, you know, I've never found a lawyer worth paying. <laughs> oh, no. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Uber drivers, you know. They come, they go. Uh-oh. You're <laughs> we're going to find you by the side of the road someday, pummeled by an Uber driver. <laughs> pummeled, by a, pummeled, pummeled by an IP lawyer. <laughs> or more likely, you'll be an Uber driver. Yeah. He's, so, he's going to hit me over the head with a PCT filing. <laughs> so what was your point about you? What was, the, what was your point on no, this? No, I just I, I think that this is something that uh, I've noticed being sort of very peripheral to the, life. Know, the Sloan peripheral School to life. It folks. is quite it's peripheral. It's even peripheral to a modern trust center where I'm at, right? So uh, we teach, at modern trust center, we teach student entrepreneurs how to start new ventures in a startup setting or in a corporate setting or in any kind of setting. But most people come for the classical definition of startup, which is venture-backed, right? So uh. they would go raise from make, and then they would go raise from a like institutional seed, and then they're gonna earn their right to an A and B and the C and D and the mezzanine, and then they either gonna get acquired or they go IPO. So that's like the classical definition mm. of venture-backed startups. Yes. Growth style, innovation-based. And then, you know, there's the people who are in the corporation and we're just, kind of responding to student demand, right? So it used to be everyone wants to start that kind of startup and then we're starting to get some students who actually are interested in things that they were doing before. Is this um, the executive MBA program or not necessarily? It's the, you know, a lot of them are, well, executive MBA program are not in my class, but they're uh -huh. most definitely in that. And, yeah. you know, I'm talking to a few uh, EMBA students um, who variously are kind of working on these corporate ventures things. Um, what they're interested in is they know they want to be back in that organization or they want to be in a, you know, a sector where it, you're just going to move a lot faster if you're in a big company. Like if you're interested in aviation, right? Like Boeing. Where do you go? You go to Boeing or Well, you can start a new, UTC you know, we had a team who tried to start a new airline in oh, really? Pakistan. Oh, uh, oh, it cool. took him a while and then he ended up not doing it. Because you, you can imagine what is the activation energy for yeah. something like capital, that. Capital, yeah, a little capital intensive. No? Um, right, you need okay. to buy a few planes. You know, yeah. nothing serious. Nothing serious. <laughs> nothing that BHA couldn't right. afford. Financing's available. Yeah. yeah. And some people are interested in like you know municipal water, right? So yeah. that's not something that you're gonna start like a venture back startup to right. do, and that's just their passion, right? And they still want to know how to apply entrepreneurial spirit and skills to be more successful and get stuff done. So my sarcasm machine is running slowly, but but you could start a uh, do a Pakistani uh, airline by buying um, 737 Maxes. I bet they're less expensive oh. now. Oh, shut up already. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. <laughs> yeah, this, that might hopefully hit the uh, editing floor. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. There's no such thing. Um, but I can imagine you know, starting an airline in a regular, you know, highly regulated industry. It, you know, where the governments typically would own, you know, they'd have a flagship carrier in a given country. It's got to be just well, crazy. There are some things where, you know, if you want to kind of move very fast, like oil and gas, right? You might be interested in kind of improving production efficiency, and that's, you know, your chemical engineer. You know, you're just going to have a lot more fun 
in a situation <laughs> where you can actually have some production to work on as yeah. opposed to not having any production to work How on? How do you feel about uh, software-based startups? Is that production or you mean something physical when you say production? Well, I mean oil and gas production okay. in that particular oh, real, case. Literally. So okay, so like startups, yeah, so a software startup would not produce oil and gas. No. Hopefully not. Well, no robots. But it might be involved. <laughs> in Sometimes <laughs> robots. So what's, uh, again, uh, without talking about any <coughs> yeah, company, not, but here's my question. Yeah. What's going on in the robotics world, just generically? Uh, generically? Well, okay. So I uh, have a very skewed worldview. <laughs> so for, you know, here goes nothing, right? So robotics as a field, I feel like, um, you know, automation, well, my, my area of interest is always automation, industrial automation. So yep. I feel like the technology is in a really good place to automate a vast majority of uh, workflows. Uh, with some really, really difficult problems still left to solve, uh, to be solved, like in e-commerce fulfillment picking, you know, yeah, right. that's for, for always, whatever reason. You know, everybody's so like still when, having when, a lot of fun. When Amazon bought a company to do essentially, you know, pick, you know, picking and shipping and optimizing warehouse yeah. space right. and all that crap. So, uh, so my areas of obsession are a manufacturing automation and also things about factories and then b e-commerce, which I know less about, but I read a lot about it, and I just live vicariously. E-commerce? E e fulfillment. Yeah, oh, so that's like, the like picking. Amazon. That's the picking, is it not? I, I like big machines. So wait a minute, what's the deal with picking? And so to be clear, picking is um, is uh, hand-like functions where you literally pick up an item out of a bin and yeah. put it in a, a, right. on a conveyor taking, in a box. Taking a book and putting it in the package. So what's the issue with picking? Um, the issue I don't have any picking problem is picking. The, the right, because you're human. Right. And lo and behold, humans are actually really good robots. Right. They're much better robots than robots. We have a vice president's like that. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. I thought he was indicted. Oh, no, 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 no That's not next yet. week. That's soon. Um, so two things to do with picking that you don't know your brain and your hand and everything is doing. First is perception. Right. Yep. So I'm picking up my phone. I can look at it at the edge of my Yep. range of vision and I know it's like oriented this way yeah. it's like pointing to you yeah. and I know that if I open my hand like that and I feel it and I pick it up I'm yeah. going to pick it up simple enough right simple enough when you turn that into like a, a, a gripper then suddenly you've got two problems perception and manipulation yep. right so perception is like you got to have some sort of uh, sensor right. and vision system to know okay so this is the part, and I need to segment that part from the background. Okay, but that's, been, that's been resolved for years, I thought. That's been resolved for years when you know what you're looking for, right, and correct. only recently did they yes. resolve the looking for orientation and post estimation for mm. things that you don't, oh, you have true. never seen. That's true. Right, okay. so if you already know the cat um, model of this phone, I'm sorry, I'm so nerdy, I can't really help it, it's congenital. So <laughs> so you already know <laughs> the Nick shape was of this. just couldn't I, figure out what to I say. I could follow you perfectly for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. So you already know the cat. But isn't this artificial <laughs> intelligence come into play with the robotics? It is very related. Um, so perception is so a part of So I mean a robot AI. does nothing, somebody has to drive the robot. And a lot of that is artificial intelligence that has but, but you have yeah. multiple components. You have vi multiple. machine vision. Yeah, so that's the perception. I'm not right. done talking oh. about only the perception, right? Keep so going. So you've got to look at it. You've got to find the part from the background. You've got to yeah. figure out which way it's pointing. You've got to figure out the shape of it. Got and that. then you've got some hand, 
right? So your your gripper has some sort of physical interface, and yeah. increasingly we've got soft interfaces. In the olden days, it's either suction cups right. or linear right. grippers. And then you yeah. have to go and come up with a kind of a pick strategy based on what you saw, mm. what your machine vision system saw, yep. right? So there's unlimited opportunities for the system to, to not up. get integrated properly, right? So you could see the part, you could see ghosts, right? So in the olden days, yes. if you use only mm. a 2D camera, you would think that the shadow of this cup is a part. And well, you as a human would immediately know, of course that's the shadow, but I would wouldn't know that, but know? somebody would, yeah. Right? Um, and then uh, when you go pick, you know, what do your fingers need to look like? You know, how hard to pick? Are you going to crush the Which thing? of those problems is the most pressing right now? Uh, no pun intended, but which is the hardest? Is it the, the manipulator picking the object up gently enough and yet firmly enough to get it? Or is it the recognizing an object which might be in a bin of objects that are not of the same type and uh, in different orientations? So, um... I would assert it's the third. What's the third? Uh, the system. So uh, the you what know, system? The whole system yeah, integrated well, oh, performance. Integrate. Why so? Right. So you can solve individual parts perfectly. You put the whole thing together and it doesn't tie. Why so not? that's the well because you have to kind of know how to translate what you saw and uh, the pose estimation into a pick strategy. So there's yeah. a lot of integration of um, physical and software. Um, generally, if, if you're in uh, robotics where there's some kind of um, arm movement, something moving, and it's not working, it's usually because the system integration, there's something wrong in Let me how ask it's you this. When w so we have a, we don't have a Tesla, but we do have a, um, a robotic vacuum. Yes. And I, you know, the uh, iRobot Roomba? Uh, yeah, no, well, those, a lot of those are broken, so I'm not sure we still have those. Just as a quick aside, if we did a failure program, we should get somebody from iRobot here. Hopefully you did not work there. No. And it's a great company, I, I say, to protect myself, <laughs> but I would also say that I've returned six of them. So, um, so now we're on the Samsung and something called the UFI, I don't even know how you pronounce it, E-U-F-Y? UFI, uh, whatever you say. Yeah, I, I'll call it UFI. But those are working great. Now, I guess my question on there is they do seem to have an ability to see, but it is a lot. I guess what my, my point was is a long winded question. I haven't even gotten into it yet. Can I pick um, up your phone? Uh, no, but the <laughs> point is, is everything's 2D for it. Am I correct? It's 2D? Um, is the robotics so, issue so, for. So do you have a vacuum cleaner that's. I have that's a vacuum cleaner that works an pretty darn automated well, vacuum cleaner. And it sees all the bird crap on the ground from the birds we have, mm. and it picks it up pretty well. That was. We were just waving out to Katya. That was Katya. Um, oh. oh, you know Katya. Of course I know Katya. <laughs> Fearless so. leader. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So um, do you know if your robot is looking for the bird poop, or the yeah, it's, it's just like kind of walking over it and picking it up? Well, it turns around and gets it. Is that an easier problem because it's not really 3D? Um, okay, so I don't know if there's any perception on uh. your robot. So in the olden days, the very first Roomba is basically they're strolling around randomly and then you leave it for long enough, yes. it will clean it. Yeah, that's a, yes, and, and, that, and I wasn't addressing the, the pattern issue. Like so the why did you return six of them? Um, because why would, you buy, like the, why would you buy the third or the fourth or the fifth? Oh, or well, the that's sixth. a great question, which which Elaine really was does. thought we'd I get think into. I you forgot to put the cat on the robot, and the robot got oh, lonely. That's true. We did. <laughs> we don't have cats, but I could have put a bird on it. No, yes. the answer to that question, and that's a good question, and the reason is because Best Buy 
has a great program. If you spend for a, the first one was quite expensive. It was a thousand dollar thing because it, it was the one with the big compartment at the end of it. So it would, it would theoretically, the robot would pick up all the bird poops and other things, and then it would occasionally wheedle it, treadle or treadle its way over to the when base was that, station. Like when did you buy it? Uh, within the last nine months. Okay, so all of your iRobots would know how to map your house. Yes, they do have you know, like 10 years ago, those would not map your house. They're just walking. Yes, these are these were better at mapping, but though that didn't work that well, well either. That, but that was, the, the uh, Tech Review had, what, two years ago, uh, iRobot's CEO actually had a Colin. very, yes, he had a very interesting interview. Can in you which, explain why I had to buy six of them? Because uh, you're very picky. Well, no, the answer is, oh, so Best Buy, animals. quickly, just quickly, I'll get to it quickly. Best Buy has a program where if you buy one of these things and you spend an extra 140 then if it ever fails, they will. you can return it. And so it turns out the the uh, return period for, be, for uh, um, iRobot was about Not 30 or 45 Ufies. days. But Best Buy would let us keep bringing them back because they would invariably fail on day but how did you But how did you break it? Well, they, each one, that's the most interesting thing, is each one broke differently. Um, two of them broke um, roughly at related to the base station, which sucked the garbage out of the, uh, the robotic unit itself. And four of them, and by the way, the, these we, we own various units from them, so to be fair, I've owned six of them, but I only probably own three vacuums of the same variety because we returned them several times. We owned a bunch of these other things. But everything se seemed to fail differently. Hmm. A lot of failures. Mm -hmm. So can you say why? Tell us why. I have no idea. I don't have your house and I don't have your robots. The bird poop. Might have been the bird poop. It's and bird I it's absolutely don't have bird poop. <laughs> ah. Yeah, no one should. No one really should. It's just what wrong. What bird do you have in the house we that have, would poop uh, every We have like eight parrots, and they fly around and oh. poop. He really does, by the way. <laughs> Not all of them fly around. Imagine it. And they're large, Bird poop too. in his hair, by the way. <laughs> I've seen it on, I've seen it on his shoulders. One, the time we went over, my wife had one on her shoulder, and it started, like, biting her, her earring. Okay. And, and then it started to leave a little trail of a gift, I think. And at that point, Not David took it off. Yeah, each yeah. their own. Uh, yeah. No, we, we left <laughs> yeah, shortly they thereafter. They left quickly. <laughs> Mark said he wasn't feeling I well. I was in a catatonic state at that point. <laughs> no pun <laughs> All intended. Those animals. No pun intended. But she works on, I think, more interesting things, which are these big industrial. I haven't worked on those things in a while. I miss she has the machine grease. Miss, miss. Yeah, yeah, you like grease. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Deeper I, issues. I like, like sheet metal and so stuff. wait a minute. So so you were. Did, can you tell us anything about Rethink or no? Is that off limits uh, for today? I can tell you. I work there. I can tell you. I uh, love the people there. I, can you say I, it was a great company? Um, I can tell you Baxter was red and black. And oh, okay. I can tell you Sawyer's red and black. Okay, so that's good. So a new and topic. Which, which is uh, Baxter's the one that's in the Baxter's CCL my son. My I team know. built him. Can you tell us anything about why it's so I want to go back no. to my question with <laughs> iRobot. So why is it so difficult to build uh, a robot, uh, va even a vacuum, which seems much as uh, so my point was, it should be trivial. If the if picking is an issue in perception, <coughs> the floor is relatively flat. That was the point I was going to make. So yes. Collins interview in Tech Review. Who's interesting? Uh, the, the CEO of iRobot. That was my panelizing. Did you Sorry, like it? Who's I, I liked it. His whole point was, and I believe that the robot, the Roomba, is trying to be a Trojan horse. Into oh, the home. So he's oh hardware. He's ma mapping no. the house. Yep. He's attempting to offset the smart speaker or the smart thermostat to be the single source of truth for the house. It's actually recently published as another um, article that pretty much says the same thing. Okay. 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 So I suspected my Alexa was talking to the iRobot. <laughs> well, actually, they do. They, they <laughs> all, all this stuff now integrates, but there's a big um, without my permission. That's true. Yeah. Well, right. you have to. You, you may not know, but there's a big fight between all the various tech Burp. Uh, categories. Is that like we had the CTO from Vizio at the uh, Connected Things event 
Are to you be, on the MIT board? I am on the M- MIT Enterprise, Enterprise Forum board, board, and I run the Connected Things oh. thing. Oh, uh, March twenty third, twenty twenty. I heard you're gonna have a spectacular so panel on that one. A Roomba yes. is not connected. A Roomba is, it is totally, absolutely, it is. And completely. And it is mapping your house, and, it, and I think it's well, not the at David's. Okay, stuff. you guys. Mine's got bird poop in it. Okay, you guys. Stop. Every hardware startup ought to be a connected start a uh, connected device. Com- Thank you. My work here is done. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Elaine. <laughs> so did, did you did you read that Ben Einstein a few years back? Ben Einstein. Ben Bolt, Einstein. Ben Einstein. That would great PC. last name. Yes, he has a great last name. Yeah. Um, also, uh, he's like you know one of the three people who started Bolt VC that started oh. off being like a hardware um, accelerator and then right, ended yeah. up being like a, uh, like a hardware specific CVC. Yeah. Anyway. What's a CPC? Seed level VC. Oh, seed level VC. Wow. Right. Cool. So Ben seed. wrote this amazing blog post that I sent to all of our hardware teams that says, uh, I, I forget what the topic, what, what, what the blog post was called, but what mm. it really talks mm. about is it the- It was called Never Appear on Failure the Podcast. But keep going. No. <laughs> You're not on his radar. <laughs> <laughs> However, we should be. Um, talks about how software is a Trojan horse for delivering value in hardware, <coughs> and that has to be the emerald. Really? It has to be. How really? How else can you make a, a hardware? I heard Microsoft successful? made pretty good money on software alone. No, or right. were they getting saying, kickbacks okay, from the hardware right. manufacturers? So. If you uh, if you're gonna go and make a hardware company, it yeah. needs to be a Trojan horse for a software, uh, for, you for know, a data platform, ingest play essentially, so that you can keep delivering value, so that you can have a subscription um, business model, so that you can have some hope of actually building a, a kind of a, a scalable growth business. Wait a minute, back that up. Let's hear that again slowly. Okay. If you make a wristwatch that measures something. Yeah, I have one right here. It's called the Apple Watch, yes. Right. Apple now. Watch is different. They're special. Right. Actually, they're not special. They're the same thing. So you're you're wearing a, you know, I'm not going to use that. Like, you're, you're wearing like a Mi Band, right? A what? Ha. You're not Chinese enough. Ah. So it's a wearable, <laughs> measures all sorts of stuff, right. fitness band. If you sell only the fitness band and it only talks to you with the screen. Yeah. Most people boring. die. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. why? The cost of customer acquisition <coughs> is going to pr- be it. prohibitive because you're 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 doing a one and done business model, right? And each time and you get paid two peanuts, and then you have to spend all this money to acquire, and then it only really uh, works with like a scale, um, you know, a lot of people buying these things, and then you have to keep are selling them new Are you suggesting? I'm jumping a little ahead, but are you suggesting that uh, that? But how about if I to take it one level further? If I had it. Or my Mi Band, and I got a regular software update, but it still continued to talk only to me. Right, and, and there's, there's oh, no way Mi Band. they can make money off you because you wouldn't pay them. But right? I get, oh, yeah, on free software updates. Free software updates, you're not paying them more than once. Uh, they've okay. spent all this money acquiring yeah, you. Yeah, right. Well, that's right. And all my returns because the birds pooped on It is figured out that he's a coffee addict yeah. and that he has to have his coffee every so many hours. Yeah, and that's all and they know. And then they know that about <laughs> it. They know right. that. Okay, so now, now what? Instead, if it's a connected device, it has John a cloud. John Howell will contact them and say, George, George, George Howell. Howell. George Howell. All right. yeah. Can you just, know George Howell? Just, just keep charge right George Howell is the coffee person. Coffee Are you an actin? No, I'm not an actor. Okay. Anyway, good coffee right. shop. If instead it's connected, there's a cloud interface and there's some kind of value that you're delivering, then you can charge a monthly fee. <coughs> and all of a sudden, oh, I get it. your economics becomes like a, a, a SaaS kind of 
um, yeah. you know, company. And then, and then your forecast, you're going to do it the same way the, the SaaS company do it, and you're going to try to kind of make sure you keep delivering new value, reduce so turn. That's, so what's the value to Apple? Because I only oh bought, boy. I've been getting free, I've oh been getting free software I updates. know the answer. This is, it's the ecosystem, it's the data ingest, it's the, you, you've got an app store on your wrist now. So is you, your name Elaine? No, but well, I'm just yeah, excited. What he said. <laughs> what he said. Thank you. My work here is done. <laughs> so You've said that three times already. But well, I know. Well, no, you have no, we have it on every no, other podcast. Nobody believes I work. We've had so. 52 podcasts, so we've heard it 55 times now. At least. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. All right. It's, there's issues here. So anyways. Yeah, we have, we have so some deep-rooted deep right. issues. Just fundamentally, empirically. Yeah, so how's Apple making money? Because I am not paying for any more of these things. I ignored you. Go slowly. It's the ecosystem. Am I driving you nuts? Like Mark said, yes. <laughs> well, Apple is not selling you only the watch, right? So because you're going to buy another watch and another watch, and then you're going to buy stuff off the App Store, and you're going to buy music, and you're going to buy all this but other isn't stuff. That, but if they keep okay. Oh, so is your point that the first sale cost them a lot? So, but that I'm just arguing yeah. the fundamental premise here. Yes. Because of the, the premise was that it was the software was the thing, and now you're saying a successful a product is the thing. In other words, let's say the Apple Watch had no software at all, but simply worked. If it worked well, like my new Bose, um, then it never breaks, and you're never going to spend another dollar. No, because they'll every two years or every year they're going right. to have some guy with a black uh, mock neck teetle uh, yeah, yeah, t-shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. tell me how uh, how important it is that I have my heart measured, or that if I fall down, right. it'll say clap clap, I can't get up, yep. or whatever that is. Okay, so I still say oh, that's the old-fashioned way. When I well, started old doing hardware, yeah, we're all old, right? <laughs> well, We've proved can, it. Yeah. In the olden days, so your hardware company, you can build a successful startup by selling widgets, and then two years later, selling a new version of the widget. And yeah, two years later, this is the American way. What's yeah, it, it's what's a, the it's issue? A continuous upgrade. Yeah, exactly. I, my no one can succeed. Like a Dyson or something. Okay, it's the lifetime value versus CAC ratio. Holy shit! Okay, so we just lost our explicit rating. Or what? You, said holy you can shit. swear as much as you want now. She doesn't. Say, it's <laughs> off brand. <laughs> Oh, keep going. So how much money are you making off one person you acquired? Oh, Versus yeah, I don't know. how yeah. much you spend to acquire that person. Agreed. And every, you know, every software SaaS company makes a ton of money. The, the longer they have the person, the longer, the, the more money they Agreed. make. Agreed. And it's much cheaper Agreed. to keep someone Agreed. than to upsell, like, uh, and to upsell. Well, that could be true of new. that could be true of my nice new shoes because I like them. I'll buy another pair from them, and there's no software in them yet. Well, yeah. The problem is, uh, you think what is your <laughs> what is your loyalty? Then that does a co totally different angle, right. right? So now you're talking about like uh, fashion and brand and whatever, and, and that's kind of a different thing with you know staying with tech. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. if you're making a hardware widget then it's easier to make a case that it's a scale business if you have some way of charging um, charging the customer over time with a repeatable, um, you, know, you know, continuing revenue stream. Okay. And it could be yep. consumables, right? Yep. Uh, one of the first things I uh, kind of worked on um, early, early on was I was with a consulting company, this is way back, with a consulting co company called Continuum and we were working mm. on, um, like 
things like blood coagulation meters and um, you know blood yeah um, you know medical stuff so medical stuff like glucose meters and that is a case where they're making money off the uh, consumables because you ah need yeah strips, agreed agreed right so agreed. whatever can get you a recurring revenue stream that is the fundamental uh, easier way of building a scale business razors and razor blades in other words that's the, the blades are that, that would be the analogy right right so with irobot there's not really consumable with the roomba because i don't know if there's a bag in there or if it just oh no the little filters wear out the little things there. okay so the there's a consumable out. There's but things I, there but I, I think what elaine was saying is also they've got this other tail that comes right. with it so if they do do they charge you any money after you buy it right no. but they are trying to make that a portal to your home and make your smart home suck less ah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they they That's can great. they can vacuum up data. That was a great he, that was a dirt. great pun though. I, I liked it. Yeah. But they're vacuum, she, vacuuming. did not up data. smile. No, she she's smiling. She's kind of. <laughs> kind of grinning <laughs> kind of grinning <laughs> kind of grinning yeah. but um yeah but that's what that's the interesting thing about the Roomba is it's sucking up your data so that's why i you yeah, know, the you, Trojan you know horse thing. like uh, everything you touch today is sucking up data well you may not be aware see i you, you know, know if, I, if it asks me i'm gonna say no awful nice didn't you yeah they're, they're telling them <laughs> they're where i'm going data, data. Right now. but they've even sold his you know the the pos data probably that you know piece of uh, shit uh, point of sale point of sale uh, okay. data uh, <laughs> at the mall to whoever you know wants that to buy shit, that's you know. oh that's a whole <laughs> business about like joining up the, the 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 data from the pos back into the supply chain because it could make for a very agile um you know if you can you, you're able to vertically integrate everything from the supplier all the way to sell and sell through or, or the management system all the way to the and then you know who bought it and why so I wonder, I guess what is bothering me is, was it 20 years ago or 15 years ago, everyone said, uh, everyone when software was big and the internet was new and what is it, sheep were sheep and lambs were lambs or whatever that expression uh, goes about. Remember, you know what the other one? Mick knows that. This sounds like it's going down the wrong, <laughs> the wrong <laughs> path. But back in the day, back in the day, everyone said, oh, all you need is eyeballs. And now what I hear you folks saying is all you need, oh, eyeballs you are need, not the thing. You now you need data. The, all you need is data, right? Um, I just feel like no, everybody's no, no, got no. data. We're, you know, it's not all you need is data. Is if you have the data, you're powerful. Well, didn't they say if you had the eyeballs, you were powerful? Well, in the olden days, that was maybe true. Up to yeah. you know, up to when it burst, right? Yeah. So initially, it's right. getting people on your side, and you know, and then it was you know, what is the value delivered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Initially, when there was no information, the information was valuable. So you you are delivering value to the eyeballs and now it's all free right so the eyeballs oh, are not okay. in and of themselves of any use but the they used search to data yeah is magical why okay. do you think that the ad networks that there's only two that really matters so put your nerdliness to put your nerdliness to a test here if it used to be eyeballs and now it's information what's it going to be 10 years from now I have no because idea. i want to invest if i did know that then i wouldn't have to work right? what are the guesses what's the next level up i have no idea oh come on Somebody no in this idea. room she's, must have She's grinning idea. again. <laughs> she does know. That means she has she some ideas. She just doesn't want to share it with our six she listeners. Knows. Well, let's say well we're if, if I knew, I would fail, have failed last, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think we're always looking for the next shiny big thing. <laughs> and where is it? The, the exactly. problem is that, that they may not be things and they may not be shiny. Yeah. And we'll be yeah, dead well, by then, so it doesn't well, matter. Hey, speak for yourself. 
<laughs> we're we're working right, on so, Mark still. Yeah, most people die, but Mark's going to be the first one who does not die. Okay, that will be the, ne that ever will be the next. So maybe that's the next big I'm thing. I'm not going to die in 10 years. <laughs> well, so if you, maybe that is the I'll next thing. It's man. longevity. That's the next big thing. Well, there's a there's a dude doing a longevity. There's a lot of them. Deal. Oh, yeah, See, right. Actually, is there an MIT dude that's doing it? That it must be. Got some sort of, tons uh, of them. I don't know. He's tons got some of them. sort of pills that you take. Yeah, you're, you're didn't Ray Kurzweil. Doesn't do you have like really want to live forever? Or we don't want him to. I'm delusional. <laughs> I'm delusional on a good day, you know. So so maybe that, but okay. So, you, so you're not going to give us a hint there that you clearly this, know. See, when, when you die, there's nothing else in, in my view. So so therefore, you, you just are going to be the first among men I, and I wanna women. I want to persist. And, and to haunt, persist. Haunt, I want to haunt oh, my Oh, you know, you know what's really interesting? Um, my friend Marius has a platform to record you as a chatbot for your family after you die. <laughs> I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> okay, so wait a minute. So let's get back. The name of this podcast is Failure, the podcast. Yes. And you must have some great... Oh, first. I must is, have some great failures. You do, but what, is, what, is, what is failure? Before we get into it, what philosophically is failure and why that's does it matter? That's a question. Um, oh, that's It didn't mean to be, but what? it was. What is... I yeah. said that's a panel, <laughs> a panel what question. Is, what is failure? Yeah, what's failure? Um, well, it depends on... Uh, are you asking on a good day or a bad day? On a good day... Oh, yeah, what's a good a day? A failure is an opportunity to learn, Ooh. and then Ooh. you can... Do new stuff. Okay. Um, on a the bad, bad day, day, it's like, oh, I can't believe that <laughs> happened. <laughs> that I want again. to die. Can <laughs> okay. I dig a hole and hide in it? Do I have to see people? <laughs> okay. I, think I think that's the best description I've heard on this podcast. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> Can very I nice. not exist and not take space, you know? <laughs> and then the good day comes, just, you know what? I just pick up and just go and do the okay. next thing. Well, that's a very practical answer. So without penalizing, give us some failures. Failure. Or give our audience some failures. It doesn't have to be one of yours. It could be anybody's. It could be just Mark's. Just one of you, uh, your, your observation of failure. You can talk about Mark world. on the board. It's, of course, better if it's big and bloody. Yeah. yeah. Big and or bloody. A lot of money. A lot of money is um, good. I haven't failed yet on the board. Yeah. So when, for example. Theranos, or whatever you call it. That's a big Theranos. bloody. Theranos. Theranos. So. That was um, like Thor's brother on that movie. Wasn't a failure. That was a very successful scam. <laughs> See, it all depends on the yeah, good day or a bad day. <laughs> so failure is when the liquidator comes and sells the plasma TV to the head of engineering. Failure <laughs> is you when the head of engineering, your product. <laughs> I wasn't. I left oh. already. Oh, okay. So failure <laughs> is when your beloved product is lined up on the carpet. For inventory, because the liquidator needs to count the oh, number yeah. of things. Is failure is a hundred thousand boxes in a warehouse somewhere in Shenzhen or China, and I'm pretty sure they're still there. There, okay. Yeah. So oh. failure is you think <laughs> you're gonna sell in and sell through this much, and you neither sold in nor sold through, and then your inventory piles up. I'm still with 100,000 boxes in somewhere in China. <laughs> so what a minute, what's China? Those are very small boxes, <laughs> very still, small. 100,000 so like, of anything <laughs> This is like on. the moth radio hour, and you've now told us the punchline for about five of these great moth stories. Can you give us the story behind one of them? Pick one that you can talk about. <laughs> so I can talk about one of them euphemistically. So we were doing you know, <laughs> in theory, <laughs> in theory, yeah, if you will, there's a handheld device that um, uh, went with phones. This was quite some time ago. So it's a handheld device uh, for mobile gaming, right? Ah. And this was before the iPhone, before really touchscreen phones were a thing. This is yeah. a long, long time ago. 
And in a galaxy far, far away. In a galaxy exactly. far, far away, a bunch of nerds felt really sad <laughs> that when you play first-person shooter games on a flip phone that you have to use the numpad. It's like a yeah. terrible thing. I do not right. recommend it. Oh, yeah, it. it's still true, though. Yeah. Do not recommend yeah. So, you know, we had this device that allows you to have a, a joystick to play these games. Uh-huh. Now, suddenly, you have, like, a, a portable, you know, Nintendo, like, you know, Nintendo-like yes. experience yep. while on your flip phone, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry. We'll let the record show that Elaine is making her hands My flip main. like somewhat like a swan, but okay. Uh, a flip <laughs> it was, it was uh, <laughs> serpent-like. Serpent, yeah, that's it. Keep going. Uh, so we now have so the first the first place where we had some early successes uh, we got a deal for 85,000 units oh, with we. you mean somebody theoretically we the theoretical well, I guess we. this is one she can talk about oh okay keep right. going so, so you got 80, how much 80,000 85,000 holy shit that was like one order to one part of one big company yeah. right uh, and we're like wow we're onto something the first deal 85 that's amazing yeah so yeah. we thought we were onto something, but we were selling into the wrong department, and it took us the next four deals to realize we never replicated it, and we were going through the oh. marketing department as a giveaway, oh. as opposed to the production. So you see the, the problem, right? So you know, equivalently, if you're selling equipment into like a factory, and this is truly made up, the second one. You sell a, you know, a new kind of conveyor belt into a factory, and you sold it into the R&D lab of yeah. the factory and you think oh awesome i sold something to mega you know yeah, yeah, tier yeah. one manufacturer yeah. x never leaves there in fact it goes quickly from the r d lab into the group room closet and with all the r- other toys that they so, so you, s- you sell one so basically but, no, but, but your one was not one it was eighty five thousand. isn't that matter or was it, it does they, matter because we we're sold, selling into the oh. wrong place so we never validated our business model but we didn't know until later that that you thought it was validated but thought it was like look 85,000 that's good yeah right what does uh, so i'm being really slow on this also so 85,000 sounds like a lot am i missing something and did you make any money off the 85,000 or not much yes and i think that you know looking back if we did not get that deal we probably would have found another way forward no we would have found another way forward maybe another vertical why were those 85,000 assuming you didn't lose money and assuming you made maybe made $85,000, maybe made $40,000. Wasn't that a little more money in the kitty to find your next sale? Right, when you're that early in the startup, the more important thing is learning quickly and getting real data. So we got a signal that we misinterpreted from the market. About I get that, but what would you have done differently had you gotten, um, I just, what would you, in that case, what would you have done differently? I think if we didn't get that Or deal, what did you nail down as a result? What is it, if you said to me, we only had money to make one mold, and we got the 85,000 order and we thought we had hit the nail on the head. And well, that it, it works a little bit different than okay. that on, on, on hardware startup, right? So you have some forecast and then on the forecast, you go and hire your CM and you get all the manufacturing. And then meanwhile, you're working the deal. Almost never. Then I, uh, okay, so in my personal experience, I have never seen any hardware startup hit the forecast. Um, except for the, 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 the more contemporary ones where they go on Kickstarter and then they blow out their goal yeah. and then they were like 15x off and then now they're really in trouble because they cannot fulfill. Definition. Most of the time, in the olden days, this is olden days, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You pre- go to China, pre- you hire like a CM and you say, I'm going to make 100,000 by year two. 
right? You're going to tell your and they um, and they give you a deal. They say this is how much. And then you know, like yeah. you you get some PO factory, you you do some deal, right? Uh, and then you have a quarterly forecast, and they're pushing you for monthly forecast. Meanwhile, your sales team has got its own pipeline is managing. Most of the time, they don't match, right? So you're usually making more than you're selling early on because you're usually overly optimistic about how long it takes. So we would have made those anyway. Um, the difference is if we didn't get that particular Order. validation, we wouldn't have doubled down on that particular kind of way of going to market. Um, with that segment of companies, we would have kind of stayed kind of more open and tried more things. Would, would have you declined the sale? If you knew what you knew then, what you knew now, um, I think we would have so sold it. Uh, like th we would still have taken the money, but right. we would have maybe kept some other options open and not double down on one way of going to market. And was the result of, when you doubled down? Um, f is it that you basically made a deal with the devil or the contact con contract manufacturer that unless the market kept going in that direction, you were screwed? No, uh, it has nothing to. So supply chain is supply chain, right? So they are service provider. Right, yeah. so they can fire us, we can fire them. It's a transactional yeah. situation. Meanwhile, you're trying to figure out where to take this business, right? So you know, given that you want to solve this for end users, do you go direct to consumer, which is really not a great way uh, because it's just such a low cost product? Or you know, with what mechanism are you going to go right. to market? I with got this that. Yeah, that's a tough one. But yeah. keep. So I'm still I'm I'm still struggling because it seems to me as as much as it seems like I'm in pain here. I, it seems like there's something here. You're saying something. Yeah. You're saying something, and Mark keeps saying hardware startups are difficult. I didn't say anything. You know, I thought you were traditionally They're more said difficult that. Well, no, than well, well, Mick would say, because I, I, I'm sure every early-stage VC does not want to fund a hardware startup. Because and this must relate to Not well, true, the, 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 because there's a segment that will. Right? Okay, you have so to have people who actually understand the dynamics of that. Right. Uh, so the worst thing for both the investor and the investee is if they are mismatched in terms of sector experience. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right, so we've right. seen that before. So well, the the hardware business, the VCs that I've talked to have said oh, it we was an easy this. business back in the old days. We'd make a box, we'd right. sell the box. Yeah. Then we have a better box because it's half as big and twice as strong. Right. And we sell the next box. Right. And yep. we see our money just comes flowing in and flowing in. Then you get to some kind of point at some point where you can't do another box that's bigger or faster or yeah, stronger. Faster, better, cheaper. Yeah. But I think the what Elaine was talking about yeah, there I'm as I'm far as the, yeah. the figuring out the channels that you got to work through. Right. And direct consumer model is a very difficult model for anybody. For exact, one of the companies we're invested in called Wasabi, which David Friend started, it's it's selling cloud services, you know, cloud storage, and they're one-fifth the cost of Amazon, and they're, you know, you know Five times fast faster. And, yeah, yeah, cheaper, yeah. better, faster. Yeah, right. Yeah. And but he was going direct consumer. He that they the, all the consumer says yeah 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 okay I like it. But at the small price he's not he has to make a whole lot of sales because he's selling a, you know a, a commodity that he has to sell a whole lot of. So he's dropped his direct consumer just recently just this week. It was in LinkedIn, and he says we're doing channel selling now. We're going through channels, and these people already have the relationships. They but equate know that people. with what Elaine was saying because well, there's something she was there. Saying, you can't, you know, you, 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 you try to find a path that, oh, my hat fell off. Oh, my <laughs> people can't see that. Equipment malfunction. People can't see that. Wardrobe malfunction, yeah. anyway. We don't want to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, you, you were saying, you looked at this, you thought this was the answer, and it wasn't. It's hard to go back and re regroup why? and re that, why, rethink. Why, 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 why? That's the thing I'm trying to get why? to. I just why? think when they qualified well, the sale, 
the sales guy said, well, "Good why, news, eighty five thousand. Well, no, we I'm, always said that, right? right? It wasn't only this. You know, when the, he he was the, not the only one who thought right. we were onto something. We all thought we like were onto news, something. But yeah, but in the what you probably learned in the qualification process is what's the use of this product? How are you going to use it? Uh, yeah, that's, that's. I'm still trying to get it. So let's go back to Wasabi as an example. So with 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 the Wasabi, Wasabi, they went down a road that turned out to be not as productive, but they hopefully didn't. No, lose it was productive. Too much. It was productive, even but better. it wasn't very fast. Fine, even better. So they're still alive. They still have money. They've hopefully their balance sheet's roughly where it they was just before. They raised another big bunch. Right. Yeah. So and they just what, announced a really huge. So what's the downside too? in the big grand scheme of things? They lost a year on the wrong channel. Or they lost half a year on the wrong channel. Right. Okay. That matters if there's competition nipping at their heels or will be. But I haven't heard that from Elaine yet because I'm still trying to understand in your case it sounds like a useful widget. Well, and I'm trying look to look what happened to the flip phone. Well this that was like that phone. was uh you know you know, nas- national disaster. Right. Flip so when coming back. Yeah, it is. I yeah. know. Nokia. Right? Well I the keep razor. trying to buy one, this but yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah. my god, the razor. Razor's coming I back. Okay. So Is there were my friend, my friend Daniel Williams. Can you shave with so it there's now? So so many. Oh, you know what? There was a Shanghai phone from Shenzhen that had a shaver attached to it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I shave in the car on the way in. That'd be perfect. I could talk and shave at the same time. Did it muffle its own sound? So I lost That'd my train great. of thought that I was going to go uh, and <laughs> talk succeeded. about all the different ways. To okay, keep fail. going. Go back to where you were because apparently I'm getting nowhere. Keep going. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I will give you, up. You started go. nowhere. <laughs> okay. Mark, so, bring us okay. back. Yes. So different ways for to fail. Oh, yeah, failure. Let, a startup to talk. die. <laughs> okay, we will shut up. And then up. different ways for a startup to learn so that they do they live to fight another day and, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. So you could die because you don't sell anything. Correct. You could die if you sell too much of one thing to one kind of person and then never replicate. That's your example. Earlier. My example. Yeah. Basically, what what happens is like, ooh, that's working. Let's double down, build an organization to do right. it this oh, way. Oh, I agree with that. That right? would be a problem. Yeah. And let's only go to these 150 qualified, you know, wh- yeah. whatever number, right? Yeah. Well, another way to die is uh, run out of money. Right, your yeah. startup CEO's first, second, and third job right. is to please don't run out of money. Yeah. So you don't kind of plan your cash flow if you're. It's, yeah. it's a very, very cash um, intensive play. Like there are businesses out there that do floats. Yep. You know, well that's really difficult if you. <laughs> there's one month where you can't make it work, right? Right. Um, another way to die is uh, uh, tsunami, right? What's that? So I when mean, the tsunami hit, the supply chain for certain kinds of memory trips just kind of got disrupted completely. Oh, that kind of tsunami. literally a tsunami. Oh, tsunami. Literally a natural that. disaster, right, and then right, that right. could uh, but cause. But that's got to be unusual. Issues. Um, Not so much anymore. Well, <laughs> you warming. got trade war. And oh, then true, true. That totally who, who changed. Who wanted one of those? How about tariffs? Yeah, that's tariffs, true. Right. Tariffs. So true. yeah, that totally true. disrupted automotive because true. demand here, demand there, and then you know, can you still get stuff across the border and right. actually still survive? <laughs> All sorts of external things you don't control, all sorts of internal things you don't control, uh, and all sorts of internal things you can control, which is like, let's say you have a founder issue and you never resolve it. You know, the founders can't agree on anything and they never fix it. Right, yeah. so that's a really right. quick way. Do you have any fail. stories to back any of these up? That'd be that'd be fun. Like sounds the like she's already told one. <laughs> well, we heard one. You got another one? Uh, no, no. Well, um, I think by inference. I want to hear. Well, I think the founder thing is yeah. just you know I'm not gonna tell you specifics, but that is just the well, number one most yeah. common way that. I, is, that's interesting. You think that's the number one problem? 
I, I, I think, think I saw out of a money chart. Is number one problem. Yeah. I saw. Well, well, why do they want run out of money? You have to apply the Toyota Five Ys to. Okay, they ran out of money. Why did they run out of money? Mismanagement. were fighting. Oh, all right. Okay. Right. So mismanagement. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The, the Toyota Five Ys. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What are they? So whenever something goes wrong, you ask why did that happen, and then explanation why did the second you know, what did the thing that you said oh happen? i see got it and then yep, yep, you yep. keep asking yeah, the why until there's yeah. outright costs yeah, yeah so got it is, is there five enough or sometimes not <laughs> sometimes you need only one it's a figurative five but, but keep going conceptually you yeah. want root cause analysis makes a literal guy a lot of times um oh, i'd like to have rules <laughs> I'm only going to go five times on why. Yeah, <laughs> but the conflict at the you know top leadership level is a primary source of root cause of why you mm -hmm. run of money, you mismanage, you, you know all these so things. So you uh. put the, you uh, if you stack rank, you're placing the leadership problem before running out of money. You're saying uh, one is a no, symptom no, of the no, other. No, no, you know the running out of money is a, a symptom. Okay. Okay, right. So yes, it, it you know right. like to everybody else, it died. And the definition of dying is running out of money, right? Because is there another definition? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I guess well, like if, if yeah, everybody decides yeah. to not yeah. play walk away. anymore. Walk away. Walking dead. Yeah. 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 Right. The walking dead. Yeah. So walking dead. is it the number one? There, there, there are various articles written about like how, you know, the team is really, you know, a very primary reason why things die, and that's why early uh, early stage um, investors look for team, look for resilience, look for chemistry, look for his history of team certainly members look for them. It's having hard to, to work find together. a fully formed team that is looking for money because when they have a fully formed team, they usually have some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. indeed. Mm. Right. So then you you have to kind of look at the people and see whether or not you think that's the one who can overcome all the obstacles. You know, is this the one who's going to yeah. you know, like be able to persevere. It is the most important thing. Can, can, so if, if one were forming up a company, w is it important to find somebody with a history of failure or only a history Ooh. of success? Um, stuff has or been both. written about the failure. Mark, Mark's still it's hoping good. to get a job. I, I'm Mark's asking hoping. for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've read articles that say... I can't quote it, but you know, basically, there are articles that say old is good. I like that. Old is good. Old yep. is good. Over yep. forty, right? There we go. I like that. Yep. And there's articles that say um, having some failures is it's good, good. Yep. because it mark you're set there. You check, know, it makes makes you. <laughs> that's two of the five points of failure. <laughs> be more thoughtful, right? So if you've never failed, then you don't really know what yeah, it is what to it, yeah. survive yep. it. Yep. Right. So if you failed in some spectacular public way, well, maybe. Well, I mean, not well, so public. Maybe Mark not didn't pay his bill. I'll tell you that. Oh, well. <laughs> to, to me, the worst part of failing as a CEO, I was episode number one, is having to call your investors and say, "That's it, we're yeah. done." And then That's one the level down you from you, uh, as you know, employees. as you know, as the next level, collectively, you make some wrong calls and you have to lay people off. Yeah, oh, right. That's failure. Yeah. Those right? are the wor two yeah. worst things you have to do. Okay. We had a guy on on our broadcast that had to fire five thousand people. Oh my God! <laughs> How did this? they do it? Well, you remember our, uh, the guy from Phoenix? Oh, he was great. The one we didn't record. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great episode. Did he do was, he took over. Once? He took over Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, that was yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great. The unrecorded episode. Yes, the, one. the lost episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we should sell that. Um, so he he was brought in as he was part of the money that had bought the company and they had to liquidate. 
and uh, that's right. They yeah, I'm laid off five thousand people. I'm going to see so, him. In a did few he walk weeks. in and say, "Good news, bad news"? <laughs> Good news is we've gotten some new ownership. Bad news is you're all fired. <laughs> <laughs> Stock's worth nothing. Yeah, or something now. But but you but can the, keep your set of encyclopedias that are, that are in your trunk. <laughs> So we have managed, actually. We burn a perfectly we, good hour. Yeah, we have wasted a perfectly good hour. But we need you to somehow bring this all to a close in a sensible way to people who had tuned in their radio, or in this case, they turned on their podcast to learn about failure. <laughs> so do it, Elaine. Make sense of this. Miss, make sense. There, yeah. Well, I think, you know, okay, so all the different ways you can die as a startup. First of all, um, dying once doesn't mean you're going to die the next time, so... Why wouldn't you do it again? Especially oh, having done true. it once and you know all the things that you wanted to do differently. Now right. you're, you're, you're thoughtful. Right? Out of an infinite number of ways to fail, you've eliminated one. Uh, <laughs> usually seven or eight by the okay. time you oh, really, really? Okay. get all the way to the okay. end. Yes, yes, okay, yes, okay, um, yes. Also, okay. try Still to a big fail number. along the way, right? You, if you kind of try to kind of go and do a big bang theory and then you only fail 18 months later well then you've just wasted a perfectly good 18 so months don't, so <laughs> don't do moonshots so try yeah, yeah. So well you, you should do moonshots but you should test the moonshot along the way to uh. see if it's actually gonna you know at some point that's kind of gonna be a cliff right. you know especially if you're doing some high capital intensive slow I think thing 100 boxes somewhere 100,000 100, boxes. 100, boxes somewhere in some warehouse in China that's, that's, that's really someone's got a stick in my mind <laughs> and also the five Ys, I like that. They're very small, yeah. yeah, small boxes. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> well, we have indeed wasted a perfectly good hour, so thank Elaine, you, Elaine. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That, that was it. Thanks yep. to our listener. We never thank our listener. Listener, yeah. listener thank do we? Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. We have two. Thank you. Thank you.